Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Maestetos. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm always honored when someone finds time in their busy day to spend with me. Today we're going to be talking about the, the daycare industry. And, um, you know, with most households, both parents are working, then daycare is a critical piece to making that household uh, function properly. So I recently read an article that indicated that daycare industry market size was valued at $54.3 billion, and that was in 2019. And they're saying over the last five years, the market size of the daycare industry increased faster. I found this interesting. It, it increased faster than healthcare or social assistance sector. So that really it tells you exactly how quickly this industry is growing and the value of it and how critical it is. So today my guest is Chris Vuk. He is the founder and CEO of Rock and Roll Daycare. I love that name. He is an award-winning violinist, an author, and an entrepreneur, and he has shared the stage with many well-known artists. And we also have Bob Del Vecchio, and he is the Vice President of Franchising for Rock, uh, Rock and Roll Daycare. And he, too, has played with many headlining artists. Uh, Rock and Roll Daycare is a unique daycare experience, bringing music-based Montessori schools for infants, toddlers, and preschool children. Please help me in welcoming Chris and Bob to the show. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Thanks, Linda. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, Chris, tell me a little bit about where did the concept come from, and I absolutely love the name. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Well, um, my wife and I are proud parents of uh, four young children. We have a uh, nine, seven, five, and five-year-old, identical twins. And as the story goes with, with many founders of child care centers, we got into it because we had a baby. Mm-hmm. And how my story goes is I'm, my background is as a professional violinist. I toured for about a decade with the Boston String Quartet and performed with um, Scorpions, 
uh, John Mayer, Riverdance, Celtic Woman, and many others, and had a wonderful career playing uh, violin and working with uh, tens of thousands of young children across the United States. And when my wife and I discovered we were going to have our, our first baby a couple of years into our marriage, we began looking into what were the options around child care in our Boston area. We quickly found out that daycare was expensive, and mm-hmm. we had to consider how we were going to make that lifestyle change. Fast forward a couple of uh, weeks, we were on tour, and we encountered a woman uh, by the name of Linda as well, and she had uh, recently sold a number of child care centers that she owned and operated in Zionsville, Indiana. And I remember we had a wonderful experience with Linda, and she shared a lot of her story with us about the daycare business, and it, it absolutely intrigued us in how people were um, you know, making a wonderful living operating child care centers. And so when we returned after the tour back to Boston, uh, my wife and I, I recall, sitting outside our basement apartment in Newton, Massachusetts, looking at each other and saying, should we start a daycare? And we did indeed make that decision shortly afterwards to build a music-based child care center for daughter, Arella. And uh, fast forward from that, about a year later, we opened up our first location in June of 2012. I remember... Uh, walking down the street of Cambridge Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, looking for a site. I had been operating a music school called the School of Groove for a number of years. Prior to that, we did rock and roll music education for over 100 kids. And I found a location just about 10 blocks away from where my music school was. And I remember calling the landlord, setting up an appointment for the next day, and we had a lease signed within a couple of weeks. And we immediately began working on our first rock and roll daycare. Well, it was it was definitely meant to be, wasn't it, since it unfolded so quickly for you. Absolutely. And so um, tell me a little bit about, you know, I, I had mentioned that it is a music-based Montessori. Um, tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, my background is in music, so I used to contract music classes out to uh, several different child care centers throughout our area. And what I found is that the music classes were maybe once a month or twice a month, and children had to often pay extra money to participate Mm -hmm. in the music classes. And that didn't sit so well with me. I didn't like to see some children had to be shuttled out of the classroom and do something else because they hadn't paid to be in music Mm -hmm. class. And so when we made the decision to embark on this journey, we determined that every child does music every day. And so we have a very, very robust music program in which every child, infant, toddler, preschool participates in a music class with one of 10 different music specialists uh, that we have. And those specialists range from uh, Suzuki violin classes, Dalcrozier rhythmics, to music and movement, uh, music-based yoga. And so it's a very wonderful, beautiful program where we're exposing children to uh, a diverse array of music, styles, and instruments. In addition to that, we make culture education a very powerful part of our program and that we focus on uh, a specific country every two months. So currently the children are learning about France. We uh, travel to India uh, a few months prior to that and Mexico before that. And through that, we provide children in the classroom and at home with a series of books through our curriculum company called Fiddle Fox. And those Mm -hmm. books uh, include songs, native songs from the country of study, so the children are learning how to sing, 
in the native uh, tongue as well as in the translated English, and we're teaching them to play the music on uh, xylophones, uh, colored rainbow bells, and eventually piano. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to see these children play music mm-hmm. and singing. In regards to the Montessori component, we're very passionate about education, not just music, but academics. And we feel that the um, method of education developed by Maria Montessori in the early 20th century, uh, which has been a become a really dominant uh, force in education-based childcare programs, is a wonderful way uh, for children to learn at their own pace. It teaches teachers to respect the child and their progress, treating them um, like individuals, not just folks that need to be corralled and, and are told what to do all the time. And it also is very empowering to the children that they see that I can do it. And we say a lot at Rock and Roll Daycare that just do enough so that the child can say that I did it myself. Right. What a powerful concept and something I we really that. want to instill in these kids. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. Bob, I want to bring you into the conversation here because I know that you have a background in music as well. What drew you to the the concept of rock and roll daycare? Well, I've got to tell you, uh, for years, uh, over 30 years, I toured the world with major rock acts. Um, worked with Dick Clark for a while and Edgar Winter Group, etc. And so music, I tell people, music is my oxygen. I just go to sleep with music, wake up with music. But how the kids got into it, I've raised my children on my own. Um, but I, I decided to give back somehow, and I started working with cancer children, teaching them how to drum to beat cancer. It's been over a 1,000 kids now. Um, I found out that drumming releases endorphins to help fight mm-hmm. cancer cells. So when I ran across Rock and Roll Daycare, I love the name, as you do, um, but I started looking at their program of the Montessori and the music, and I tell people music, of course, my oxygen, but children are my passion, especially helping young children. So when I saw that, I asked Chris, I said, Chris, you look like a franchise, you act like a franchise, you do everything right. Um, are you guys franchised? And he says, no. And I, let me introduce you to the franchising world. And I did. And uh, together we, we built this franchise program that is just phenomenal. I've been working with 300 different brands throughout my career, sold over 3,000 franchises throughout the world. And when I saw this, I forfeited everything I was doing to just concentrate on Rock and Roll Daycare. It's been a great relationship with, with Chris and the team. Um, but I always look at the end user, which is the children, and then, of course, the franchisee. And when I saw their support system, which I'm sure Chris will go through with you, there's nobody in the franchise industry. I'll just give you one example. Most franchisors will visit maybe once or twice a year their franchisees. We visit every single month for the first year. So that really keeps a franchisee on track. But more importantly, it shows the commitment that we have. And again, Chris will go through the details of our support system. But when I saw that and then I looked at uh, gross revenue and net profits, I said, I want to be part of this. If Mm -hmm. a franchisee can't make a lot of money in the business and love children and love education, 
then they're not the right candidate for us. Mm-hmm. Well, Bob, let's let's take that just a little bit further. Then, um, if someone is looking for a franchise concept and they are drawn to rock and roll daycare, um, are you would you prefer that they have prior experience in childcare? Uh, you know, obviously that's that's a, an advantage, but I don't look for necessarily for teachers or and or musicians. I'm looking for our ideal candidate is someone who loves children, maybe loves or likes music, but is really uh, of management quality. Uh, I look for people that know how to motivate and inspire their staff. I look for people that could read the bottom line in numbers. Um, you know, as the expression is in franchising, you can work in the business or on the business. I like when they work on the business. And we have people that are full-time, and we have people that are semi-absentee, but that person that's overseeing the business is always going to be more successful. I always say, do what you do best. You know, I'm a drummer. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a piano player or a guitar player, so I stayed to my craft. And I like people that can oversee the organization, but not necessarily have to be that music teacher, maybe hire somebody better than they are, or that curriculum director, or those teachers that, uh, in most cases, in all cases, we have um, have a bachelor's degree uh, and or a master's degree as a teacher, and or um, maybe five years or more working in a daycare center. So we're looking for quality people, but... That franchisee, if I could paint the picture, is really the manager overseeing the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. And so with that, um, I am sure that you gentlemen offer a lot of training to to your prospective franchisees so that you do set them up for success. What does that training look like? Yeah, well, our training program exists in a couple of different ways. As Bobby described, you know, we are really passionate about being there and being on site with franchise owners. So we're there every single month. We have a team of uh, three individuals that are assigned to each franchisee. We have an operations director, music director, and curriculum director. And those are the primary means of contact for a franchise owner. Uh, but speaking particularly to the training and how that looks like with our brand, is we have a, a six-module, about 96-hour uh, blended learning training program uh, that exists through our online platform called the Rock and Roll Institute, and that takes uh, franchisees through all the aspects of our of our training, from how to hire a center director to how to hire a teacher, how to enroll a student, how to use our our billing platform, how to pick the contractor that's going to be best suited for your job to learning about the rock and roll method and what we teach. So we have a very robust uh, program, and that's augmented by weekly phone calls with our franchise team. So I meet every week uh, with our uh, franchisees to go over where they are in the process, answer questions, and support them in any way that I can. And then we also have two weekly webinars uh, for all of our franchisees, and we are presenting those as one as a um, hiring and enrollment drills. So we're going over um, different scripts and exercises about how do we engage new prospects about uh, the brand and enrolling as well as practicing hiring teachers. So we're just practicing on each other. And then we have a uh, cycling webinar series where all the members of our team present on a variety of different items from music to Montessori to culture, 
operations and such. Well, it has to be a, a very exciting place to work, that's for sure. So when you're helping your new franchisees to open up a new territory, what is one, what does that new territory look like? What does that size of the territory look like? And two, what does the facility look like? What's that footprint? We're looking for uh, territories that are typically the size of a zip code, and we're looking for territories that have 1,500 children ages 0 to 4, and we're looking for a demographic that has about the same amount, 1,500 households with an income exceeding 150,000. Our mm -hmm. price point is on the higher end, so uh, we're looking for demographics that support that. In mm -hmm. addition, something that's very unique about our, our brand is that we're small. Uh, we have typically mm -hmm. 58 children in a facility. We're looking for 3,500 to 4,000 square feet. And so that's very different than a lot of competitors that are 250, 300 children. We're able to support centers in downtown metropolitan areas as well as the suburbs. Uh, and that's something that I think makes us very unique and special. And we have the ability to um, increase our market share by allowing franchisees to open centers much closer to each other than many other brands may. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, some locations where there's one rock and roll daycare and literally across the street, there's another one. And we wow. do that because we want to mitigate the risk of opening up a new center and get franchisees full to capacity as quickly as possible. And then also to allow that small intimate atmosphere that we think is so important when we say it, you know, rock and roll daycare, everyone knows your name. And it's not, it's not a lie because we're small and we can do it. And that's something we think is really important and building that family style, family owned culture that I think is so important for families to be able to feel that it's not a big corporate machine, but it's a family of teachers uh, and children and families that are working together to do the best thing for the kids in the program. Yeah, most definitely. So, Bob, when you get ready to open a new facility um, in a new location, what does that marketing support look like? Well, first of all, we do a great demographic study of the territory. As, as Chris said, we're looking for children under the age of four. We're looking for the household income. We're also looking for the competition in the area, what kind of pricing that they do. So um, once we've determined that, we help with the real estate, we'll even help negotiate the lease. Once we do that, then it's time to um, recruit and enroll the students. We enroll the students. Uh, I'll tell you, we have a simple program. Facebook works great. In many cases, we can have 100 or more people on a waiting list. So wow. um, we use Facebook. We'll use Indeed. Uh, to get our teachers. And so mm -hmm. we do this prior, I'm going to say at least 60 days prior to the opening. Um, so that's really our marketing efforts. Um, we, you know, we don't have to put up billboards or anything of that sort or do any type of radio or TV advertising. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. When we're opening up a school, we have a waiting list normally. So the name gets out there and people... Uh, again, I'm going to go back to your original comment. You love the name. I love the name, too. It's funny when the kids graduate, their T-shirts, they have their little caps on, their T-shirts say, I was born to rock, class of 2019, rock and roll daycare. So it's really, um, if I could say it this way, I, I nicknamed them the Harvard of daycare. We happen to be across the street from Harvard. 
And when these kids get out at five, six years old, they're at second grade level. I mean, how many children learn multiple languages and learn how to play instruments uh, at that age? My kids started at two years old, but that's unusual to have all different children. And probably the thing that gets me the most is the cultural um, environment that they learn different countries. Every two months, we're in a different country. So that sets the kids up to really respect and honor the children that are there. Um, oh, so goodness. Don't, don't, don't we need, don't we need more of that, everybody understanding each other just a little bit more and understanding different cultures? So we definitely need more, than, more of that. You know, Bob, as I'm looking, sure. and folks, um, if you're listening to this recording, it is May 27th of 2021. So, gentlemen, you know the conversation that's going to be put on the table, and that is, how did you guys get through the pandemic last year? How did it impact you? How did it impact um, each of your locations, your franchisees? Share with me a little bit of what that journey looked like. Yeah, I could take that one. So for last year, really the, the start of uh, difficulties, I think, around operations began in March of 2020. And... I think as many of us did, began to see the writing on the wall for what was about to happen and closures. Um, uh, several centers began before ours did. And something that I determined would be important during the, the process, we certainly didn't know how long it would, would go. For example, in Massachusetts, where we're based out of, it, it took three and a half months of closures before we were able to open up uh, again. So it was a very challenging uh, process for some of our schools. And Prior to all that happening, I made the determination to begin an online program. And so I think it was a week, potentially two, before we actually had the um, mandate from the governor to shut down, uh, we began online sessions. And we began to have online music classes every day. We had story time. We had projects. We created, in partnership with a, a school called Espacios Montessori in Granada, Spain, we created a program called the Challenge Method in which we would have children be exposed to a a lesson activity and then give them the opportunity to go and and do it in their home on their own and then come back to the screen and share it with their friends. And this was a great experience uh, for the the children and staff and built a lot of engagement. And so we'd have these classes every single day, Monday through Friday, for that entire three-and-a-half-month period. We actually continued it for several weeks after we reopened for those that weren't able to continue And as a matter of fact, we still have um, music classes that occur every day online because um, many of our music teachers are uh, not allowed uh, to teach indoors yet in some of the centers Mm. due to state laws. And so we provide most of the classes outdoors, but when it's raining or um, the children aren't able to go outside, we do have the the music classes indoors. So that was a big thing that we did is is, – convert our program to an online opportunity for children. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, we became really big advocates of the, the industry. Uh, again, being out of Massachusetts, I created an organization called Daycares United, and I, I collaborated with about 250 uh, other daycare centers, which uh, joined our, our banner. And nice. we became the primary communicators with the state of Massachusetts early education department for determining the new laws around uh, 
COVID regulations for our industry. And so I helped write a lot of the regulations uh, that thousands of child care centers across Massachusetts used in coming out of COVID for health and safety and education purposes. And we were able to really be great advocates um, in the press. And that, of course, got the attention of the um, the state regulators. And we were able to have those great conversations and impacting the, the laws for our industry, which is uh, really, really powerful. And I think uh, very beneficial for us to be able to stay in business um, as a industry and support uh, a lot of the difficulties that many of our our partners uh, went through, including us, of course, being closed for such a long time and grateful for that opportunity. Sure. Well, good for you in stepping up on that. Absolutely. Bob, did you have something to add to that? I sure did. Uh, so two things. One, uh, I know Chris and his staff wrote a 43-page booklet on COVID and safety. As you know, and you can imagine, the banks were a little apprehensive about daycare and about COVID, uh, so they requested, what are, we, what are we doing about it, and do we have any procedures or policies? So that book was written, and that was brilliant. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that this is um, due to the fact that Chris is a musician. I like to think of musicians as being smart, creative people. And he came up with a program that I thought was brilliant. He didn't realize what the end result would be, but he came up with a program to, and he petitioned the state governor. He says, can I open up my schools for first responder children, policemen, mm. firemen, uh, nice. nurses, doctors? And the governor said, yes. Well, the outcome of that is between the Wall Street Journal and the Boston Globe and CNN and, and all the TV and radio stations, the press was uncanny. It was just enormous. The rock and roll daycare comes to the rescue of the first responders. And that was a brilliant move. And we didn't do it for the intention of press. We did it for the intention of helping these first responders who had to work and had no one to look after their children. So that was a a really strong um, program that he came up with that we ended up benefited from a, a press standpoint. And then, of course, that stimulates more franchise sales as well. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's proven that when you do, uh, when you um, create your business as a heart-centered business, then I think everybody wins out of that. Gentlemen, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I tell you what, I absolutely love stories. Do you happen to have a couple of stories that you could share with us when we come back from commercial break? Absolutely. Very good. So, folks, hang on. We're going to be right back after this commercial break with more from Rock and Roll Daycare. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. 
Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here, and I am here with Chris Book and with Bob Del Vecchio, and we're talking about rock and roll daycare. I just love that. So gentlemen, when we broke for commercial break, you said that you happened to have a couple of stories you could share with us. Sure. If I, if I could go first, um, I, I, I want to share a music story that uh, really sums up why I think rock and roll daycare music Montessori is so strong. So I had a daughter who was uh, failing first grade. And so my wife took her out of school, and she had an ADHD, took her out of school and started uh, working with her. And they fought every day for a good three, four months, both of them crying at the end of the session. So I said to my wife, I'll tell you what, um, let me try. Well, it took me about a half an hour to get her off the floor. She was laughing so hard. She says, you, the rock and roll guy, is, you're, going to teach your, you're going to teach our daughter academics? But I had a secret weapon. One night, late night on Johnny Carson, I saw a program called Hooked on Phonics. And I knew my, my daughter was musically gifted at, at two years old. So I started teaching her, and she was brilliant with it. Well, we enrolled her back in school. And a couple months later, I get a call from the principal saying, uh, you need to come to the office. We have your daughter and the teacher there. And the teacher proceeded to say, your daughter is, is cheating on her test. And I says, well, how is that so? Did you catch her? And she goes, no. She says, but she went from a D student to an A-plus student. That's impossible. Yeah. And I says, that's because I was teaching her via Hooked on Phonics music. And she goes, that's why she's humming in all of the tests. <laughs> okay? so, so fast forward uh, 20 years later, and my daughter is in, uh, taking a Bible uh, class uh, for her master's degree. And she said, Dad, I don't know what to do. We have to give a dissertation tomorrow on the book of Matthew, and I'm stumbling, and I can't remember what to do. And I said, Daddy, you know exactly what to do. And she says, oh, yeah. So the next day she goes in and she does the book of Matthew to Disney songs. She sings her whole lesson. She did an A-plus and the, princi- the principal, uh, the dean of the college, and the teacher call me up and says, your child is brilliant. I've never heard a child sing the book of Matthew. To oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> so, well. So, so music is so many story. times. So, so many times music is that key to, to unlock uh, the potential within a child. Chris, did you have a story to share with us as well? I do, yeah. I remember when I was a, a teenager, uh, the year before I went to college, I, 
uh, I was trained classically as a violinist, and I attended a summer camp hosted by a Mark O'Connor, who's one of the great crossover violinists of our of our generation. And uh, he had the conference out in San Diego, California. I remember I was 16, and I remember going into this this camp. I loved summer camps uh, as a kid, and I remember seeing violinists from all over the world playing all kinds of styles of music. We had Latin violinists, we had rock and roll, we had Africana music, we had um, Celt music, of course, um, uh, country, there was classical, jazz. There was so many different types of music that I'd never heard of in my life. And it was a shocking experience for me to experience that, having grown up playing mostly all classical music and listening to primarily only classical music as a child. And it really shook my head. And I, I never forgot that, that moment of, of being exposed to all this type of music that could be made on my instrument. I only thought that my instrument could do one thing. <laughs> and then I saw that all these possibilities had suddenly opened up to me. And I remember years later, I was attending a conservatory in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and one of my friends was attending Berkeley College. And um, I didn't know much about Berkeley back then. And, and uh, she was uh, a friend had attended a conservatory with me before. And when she transferred over to Berkeley, she had a, a quite a poor experience. And I remember we would hang out and she would tell me about what her experience would li- was like and how she didn't like it. But the things that she described sounded incredible for me. Like, you get to practice at 2 a.m. in the recording studio? Or you get to uh, be part of a world music band and, and uh, record? And all these wonderful things to me. She didn't like them. <laughs> but, um, I, I was going to enter my senior year, and I remember going to the dean of the college and saying, I'm transferring to Berkeley. And he told me, that's crazy. You're going to graduate, and you might lose a couple of years. And I said, yeah, I don't care. I'm leaving and going to Berkeley. And I, I just had a wonderful, wonderful experience there. And that led me really to a career of pursuing world music in really every area of my life. Um, shortly after college with the Boston String Quartet, I found myself uh, traveling and working with as I said earlier in the program, about 15,000 kids. And what I would do is I would bring in all this music, and harking back to that summer camp when I heard it for the first time, mm-hmm. I created my own repertoire with my quartet, and we would put together these groups of string players, and we'd show them how to play rock and roll, how to play Latin, how mm-hmm. to play Chinese uh, music. And it was transformative. We had so many children that would come up to us and say, you know, I'm a senior and I was planning on putting it away and quitting my violin or my cello. And you just showed me this powerful thing that I can do that I had no idea was possible on my instrument. And I am, I want to be a music major now, or I want to continue to pursue this. And we kept in touch with a number of those kids over the years. And, and you know, many of them did go on to have music careers. And it was really such a special thing for me to see, wow, um, that exposure of kids to the, the width and breadth of what music can be and what it can do. And that's been such a passion that I've had with Rock and Roll Daycare, showing these kids the littlest ones. <laughs> you know, we're showing mm-hmm. infants um, the music of South Africa or mm-hmm. the Aboriginal music of Australia or the ethnic music of South Korea. And it's awesome. I get so excited mm-hmm. to... Uh, be able to work on and prepare this content for them that they can see it and understand what's available, what's out there 
and what they can be a part of. I think that's really for me, it's, it's not just music. Um, in, in my, my book, Music in the Home, and in talks I give, I love to, to say that music, it's not just about test scores. It's not just about uh, speech pattern recognition and all that science. Music is great for that. But what I think music does the best is it helps us appreciate beauty. And I think people that appreciate beauty are better people. And mm. I think that leads to a more peaceful world. And that's what Maria Montessori said. It's like children are the peacemakers of the world. And I think we do that. And I know we do that at Rock and Roll Daycare by bringing music mm-hmm. into their lives. Yeah, I, I love your passion about this, Chris, because it, I believe that um, if we can um, remove the need to really focus on diversity, because it's just a natural thing, and you're exposing children to music from around the ver- world at such a young age, and I think that's where diversity starts, is right there, so that moving forward, as they grow up, as they go through school, then children that don't look like them, children who eat differently from them, children who listen to different types of music, it'll just be intriguing rather than a barrier, don't you think? I do, and I think so much of the conversation about diversity, which is important and helpful, I think it, so much of it comes from the unknown in not Mm -hmm. understanding how to communicate with folks that look different or from different places. I I think that a lot of it doesn't come from animosity. It's just, I don't know how to do it. I've never encountered this before. And if we can help children do that, I agree with you completely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know Bob had to jump off the call. He had other meetings scheduled today, um, but I appreciate him being on the call. Um, and as, as before we get to those final three questions, Chris, um, if someone's listening and they're really intrigued and they want to know more about Rock and Roll Daycare, not just about the, the franchise opportunity, but maybe they just want to see if there's something in their area and how they would get their children plugged into that. Where would they go to find that information? Absolutely. So we love to speak with anybody that's interested in our brand, and something that my wife and I told each other when we started is um, whenever someone wants help around starting their own daycare, if it's related to us or not, we want to be there to help, and that's something we certainly do for our franchisees, but we certainly welcome that opportunity to, to help others outside of our brand that just are curious and, and want assistance. So our website is Rock and Roll Daycare. Uh, the and is spelled out, A-N-D. That's rockandrolldaycare.com. Wonderful. So we're down to those final three questions. And the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Yeah, that's a great question. I think in... Looking at a childcare franchise, it's it's different. It's not flipping burgers. It's not um, it's different than any other type of franchise. And I think something that's so special and rewarding about it is, as I've described earlier in the program, you're making an enormous difference in the mm-hmm. life of a child. We think about the difference that we get to make. Our opportunity. Yes, it's a responsibility, but it's also an opportunity 
to make an incredible impact in these children ages zero to six. And, and that is the, the time. Those are the years that children are developing the majority of their personality. Right. Most of what's going to happen uh, in the way that they interpret the world comes in those initial years. And you're going to be the ones that are spending the most time with them. You're going to spend more time mm-hmm. with them than their parents, which is mm-hmm. sobering to think about that we're spending a lot of time with these young people informing their impressions about the world. So I think in looking at someone that's considering being in this industry, are you willing to take on that responsibility? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not flipping burgers. It's, it's mm-hmm. holding lives in your hands. And I think that's the key question. Are you willing to, to take that responsibility? Do you want that opportunity? Yeah, I love that answer, Chris, because these are the leaders of our future. I know that they are young little minds right now, but they are, they will grow into the leaders of our future. And I think it's really important that we start with this generation so that when they are ready to take on those leadership roles, then they've been, they've, they've been, um, raised in a way that they are open and receptive, don't you think? I certainly do. Yeah. So the next question here is, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Now, I know that you've mentioned several things specifically um, for daycare and specifically for rock and roll daycare, but are there some general uh, traits that you see uh, that you look for in a prospective franchisee? Absolutely. I think my wife would uh, probably laugh at my answer because we talk about this a lot. Um, but I think the most important trait in my mind, um, you know, one of my friends, uh, David France, and I used to talk about this um, in a number of our meetings, and he ended up writing a book about it later on, and uh, he entitled it Show Up or Showing mm. Up. And mm-hmm. I think that is the key in my mind, consistency. I remember when I started my, uh, my first business called the School of Groove Music School uh, right out of college. It was hard going. I uh, didn't have money <laughs> when mm-hmm. I started the business, bootstrap, and it was very challenging. And I remember sitting in my chair, uh, you know, working on my Google ads, uh, trying to get more students, and I told myself, Chris, you just need to show up. You need to be in this chair every day. Um, mm-hmm. and we were open on a weekend, so I was there Monday through Sunday, and that consistency, it took a lot of time, but it paid off. We built one of the biggest music schools in the Boston area, and, and now Rock and Roll Daycare is um, you know, one of the largest um, child care uh, groups in the, the Boston area, and we've, of course, been uh, placing centers in uh, different metropolitan areas throughout the country and expect that that will happen in, in other cities as well, but... Um, mm-hmm. I would say consistency is, is number one uh, in, in growing a business, being effective, building relationships. It all, it all comes from that one key attribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you can't let it get you down. You have to know that tomorrow is going to be a better day. But you also have to know as an entrepreneur that um, I always say it is not for the faint at heart. It really is no, not. Yeah. So, so the final question here, Chris, is what does the future of franchising look like? Ah, interesting question. Well, I think it's certainly going to look a lot different than it was going to look a year ago. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you know, COVID has certainly made changes that were temporary and are now lasting. And so mm-hmm. you know, we've pivoted in different ways that we likely would not have pivoted uh, before with regards to our brand. I think people are looking for safer bets. I think people are looking for opportunities that don't require um, as significant of risk and uh, cash infusion. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think people are still willing and interested in quality. Something that we look at with rock and roll daycare is that we're, we're a price leader in our markets. And I think some people are sometimes uh, concerned or afraid of that. Well, I don't Mm want to be the price leader. I want to be middle of the pack. Well, um, what my wife and I have experienced in traveling uh, the world in in, um, with our family is Starbucks is expensive throughout the world. Mm -hmm. We, I remember having a coffee in Budapest um, at a, at a Starbucks and I had dinner the night before for $6 and I had a coffee frappuccino for $6 the next morning. (laughs) Starbucks is expensive. (laughs) Wherever you go, a Rolex is a Rolex Uh, in Mm the United States or in Zimbabwe. Rock and Roll Daycare um, is a premium brand wherever it goes. And I think that's something that, it, that really speaks to people that are looking for quality, looking for mm-hmm. the way that they're investing in that most important of assets, their child. And mm-hmm. we want to be able to do that. And um, that, that really justifies our price point. And I think also I mentioned the, uh, the risk. We've designed our model you know, before COVID. <laughs> uh, to be small. And I think that's something that we want to continue to invest in and impress upon families that I think customers in this industry are looking for a smaller footprint, something they can mm-hmm. have more security and safety and knowing that there aren't um, hundreds of children uh, running around uh, in the building mm-hmm. and knowing they can, they can have that care and quality and uh, safety, which is um, mm-hmm. not that it wasn't important before, uh, but um, the importance now is, is even greater. Yeah, it certainly, uh, last year certainly brought that safety to the forefront, and um, many, many businesses had, were caught flat-footed, so to speak, and had to mm-hmm. put, find a way to put something in place. But because of your small footprint, I would think that you were, um, you were more designed to offer social distancing. Of course, how the heck do you social distance children, but, um, you know, at least you, you didn't have 200 children in one facility. So that make, made a big difference, I'm sure, for you. It certainly did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, Chris, we're at the end of the show. I so enjoyed talking to you. I love hearing your passion and the great work that you're doing with kids and um, I think that this is going to be a trend going forward because um, more and more daycares are going to need to uh, separate themselves from the crowd, so to speak. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you've done. You've, you've certainly elevated. Um, you've raised that bar. And others are going to be looking to follow suit. We think so, and we hope so. Yeah, most definitely. So before we go one last time, how would someone get in touch with you, or how would they find out more information about Rock and Roll Daycare? Absolutely. So please visit us at rockandrolldaycare.com. That's rock with the A and D spelled out, 
and we'd love to speak with you about our brand, franchising, uh, enrollment, or any questions that you have if you're getting into daycare on your own. We'd love to help support you. Wonderful. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show today. And, and please tell Bob I appreciate him being on the show as well. Thank you, Linda. I've enjoyed speaking with you. Same here. So, folks, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the daycare industry is a fast-growing industry. But what rock and roll daycare is providing is something unique something unique, and, and they're really uh, nurturing children and, their edu- and, and the way they learn. I love that. So I want to leave you with this quote. I always leave you with a quote, and this one is um, a quote by Mr. Rogers. Um, Play is often talked about as if it were a, a relief from serious learning, but for children, play is serious learning. That's what they do at Rock and Roll Daycare. It looks like play, but it's actually learning. Thanks so much, folks, for joining me on All Things Franchising. And we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.